if you really want to make it in life, can't think inside the box. You have to always think outside the box because whoever thinks inside the box, they get trapped there. We're back with another episode, episode six of the Black is the New Rich podcast. I'm here with a very, very special guest, Stefan, a.k.a. the visual artist. He's into a multitude of things and we're going to get into it um, one by one. I know I introduced you, but you uh, you can go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah, I'm the visual artist. I'm a content creator, I guess, real estate investor and stock investor. That would probably be my best introduction for you. I bet. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to get right into it. So right now you... You're a photographer and videographer. Yep. Right. You own two homes. Yep. You're into stocks. Yep. So you have the whole. Oh, and you still have your nine to five. Yeah. <laughs> so you have your whole wealth circle going. Yeah. I guess they call it the wealth, the wealth triangle. So yep. I guess I do sort of have that going into a certain way. Um, I guess I guess we can go through it. But I guess there's a story about how I got to each one of. Yeah, those that's ex- exactly. That's mm-hmm. exactly what we're going to do. Um Let's go. Let's go some years back. How okay. old were you when you got your first home? First home was 22 years old. Um, so basically what had happened just to go well, way, way back. Yeah, then, yeah. we're going to take it back. I was <laughs> I was in college at the time and I was taking a course. Um, and then I, I sort of realized that nobody was really making money from degrees at the time. Yeah. So I decided, I don't know if this is really if this Where'd really you go? I went to I went to Guelph and then I went to Humber. Okay. So I took two different programs. My first program was economics in Guelph. Mm-hmm. I guess that might have been the yeah, right program. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I dropped out of that. And then I went to Humber for health and fitness at the time. Um, so what I then noticed was I was talking to different people who graduated. Nobody was really making money from getting a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time, I was working as a summer student at my nine to five job, which was Chrysler. And I, I sort of thought, OK, this is actually really well paying. So they were they were hiring full time. So I decided to take on that job full time and quit school. But I had a plan at the time um, was to invest that money okay. because I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah, which is the yeah, infamous yeah, Rich Dad, yeah, Poor Dad. Yeah. So I read that book and about six to eight months after going there full time, yeah. I did decide to uh, purchase my first property. OK, let's get into that. So you purchase your, you know, your you quit, you drop out. Yeah, <laughs> you drop out technically, yeah. right? Dropped out, yeah. Yeah, you uh, you get a job at Chrysler, and then you know what? You're gonna you're gonna make your uh, first purchase. Mm-hmm. That down payment, how does that come about? Such a young age. Okay, so what I did was I got into pre-construction. So pre-construction is a great way to leverage money and time at the same uh, at the same moment. Break it down. How does it work exactly? Okay, so if you get a condo at the time, I think it was about two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what, Aaron? What, Aaron? I, know, I know, right? Two hundred fifty thousand. So um, they'll say, hey, put down ten percent. Um, they'll say, no, put down, let's say uh, a $5,000 deposit, 30 days. It might be 5%. Can't really do the math off the quick top of my head. I think that's 12,500. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So, and I think then they'll say, um, six months, put another 12,500. And then on closing, you have to put the rest of the amount that the bank actually needs. Okay. So Mm -hmm. the, the first couple of payments that's without like the bank and the mortgage. So you have to produce that yourself. That's just cash. Okay, cool. That's you can really. You really could come up with that cash any way you can, yeah. oh, okay. because there's no, there's no, um, it's not like the banks in that, in that, at that point. And that's for the builders. 
Builders, just for the builders at okay. that point. Okay, mm-hmm. so you have your first home at 22 years old. Yes, well, wasn't perfect. It wasn't a perfect transition. So because I did pre-construction, I made a, a big mistake. So unfortunately, they they unfortunately delayed the project for a while. Mm-hmm. And me being young and stupid at the time, I was you know I wasn't really paying attention to all the things that were needed to be perfect, like your credit at the time, yeah. making sure you have extra down payment money in case the bank needs extra down payment oh, money and those things. Okay. So I sort of messed up those things right before the closing. So you gave mm. your first couple payments and then didn't realize, hey, bank might ask me for more than I bargained for. Yes, that's what happened. So I was there thinking, okay, it's gonna be okay. I was thinking, okay, I'll just put the twenty five thousand. I'm good and great. I'll yeah. just get this condo. Yeah. But I wasn't keeping up with my credit score. So my credit score declined a little bit and people don't Around know. Around what? Around what? I don't even know what it was because back then I didn't really use to monitor how yeah. it's monitored now, but I know it did fall. I think I had a couple of late payments on yeah, stuff. It was yeah. just like immaturity yeah, at yeah. the time. Uh, but it fell. Um, and then at the time, I actually had a horrible, had a horrible mortgage experience with the bank because I was trying to get an answer is, can I get a mortgage with, it was a TD at the time, yeah. which I still bank with TDs, but we're being cool when it comes to mortgages. <laughs> yeah. um, but at the time was, um, so with TD, like I was I was chasing this mortgage broker down because at the time I, it was it was in question. He's like, oh, I don't know your credit score mm. slip. I don't know how this is gonna work. So I was like, hey, I was calling him, calling him. He wasn't picking up the phone. He wasn't picking up the phone. Yeah. And this is the thing when people have to know with banks, banks are very ruthless when it comes to this business. So he told me like the last day before closing, I'm not getting a mortgage. So it went all bad. So because of that. Last day before closing. Last day before closing. So, Sorry, sorry. (laughs) I have to cut you off a little bit. If something happens like that and you can't get the money before closing, do you lose all that money that you put in? It could happen. So this is what could happen. They could they could take your deposit and sell it somewhere else, but they would probably rather you keep it and find you every day. Oh. So I think they were finding me two thousand dollars or something a day until I got a mortgage. Two thousand so, dollars a day. <laughs> two thousand dollars a day. Okay. So at the time I knew um a mortgage broker um that I used to go to all the way to elementary school. His name's Jordell. If you ever need to use him, yeah. give him a little bit of a shout out. Shout out. Um so I, I called him up, I'm I calling him panicking. And he figured he helped me figure things out. Uh, but because I had to put way more money down, so I had to take out a loan and pay that fine. So I was about fifty thousand dollars in debt off of my first property. 50K 50, off 50, rent. 50, 50 down, about 24 at 50 grand in debt off of my first <laughs> oh. property. So this is this is where things sort of went sort of weird um in in regards to that. So um, because of that, now I'm just worried about paying down the debt. Mm-hmm. Um, still at Chrysler. Still at Chrysler, but still, still a lot of debt. So I'm here to just worry about paying it down, surfacing it down. Um, so I, I rent out the property eventually, um, paying down the debt. I'm not even paying attention at all to the real estate market because I, you know, I, yeah. I'm in debt. Yeah, but that was actually the worst mistake I made because I don't know. I, I don't know how. I just eventually ended up looking like, oh, what's a condo going for in square one? Yeah. And that's where I, that was my first one. And then I, I looked and the returns were ridiculous. You know, I think at that point it doubled in about three. So three you got the, the 250 and then it went to like 500? Went to around 500. Yeah. So then I was like, wow, like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. But I was like, damn, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention to everything. Yeah. Um. So, you know, if I was paying attention to everything, then I probably could have reacted sooner and, and got another one. But when, once I did see that, then I went to go buy my first detached home 
um uh out in the city named Brantford. Okay. Um and that went that went well. Now I was really I was really into So that's your second home. home. That was my second home. And that yes. was by yourself too? Um but I was by myself as well. And then the third and then I went eventually now to go buy a third home with a joint venture partnership with one of my friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, 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 wow. So mm-hmm. you kind of miss out on an opportunity with your first home, right? Uh-huh. So what would you have done differently in that uh, other than like pay attention to the market? What what the the biggest thing I would have done was really pay attention to all the, the mortgage process because I think that was something that was a bit confusing at the time. Um, it wasn't as maybe it's more transparent now. I guess back then it wasn't as transparent, but I really would have paid attention just to the mortgage situation and making sure everything was as perfect as you can be. Yeah. So one like piece of advice I could offer is if you're getting in, you're about to get a mortgage or going to get a mortgage, no, no new payments, no new car payments. Make sure your credit scores is high and keep your debt as low as you can before after do what you want okay okay <laughs> but before that, that, that application that, 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 those process, are big gems yeah but before in that process keep everything as spotless as possible because banks can pull things from you last minute and that's not their problem i mean you could always go into like a private mortgage like what i got mm-hmm. but it's it, it, they're not as beneficial for you um to have a private mortgage uh, yeah long term as a, as a bank mortgage okay mm-hmm. cool so here's what i'm saying uh, here's what i'm hearing mm-hmm. is that you feel that you messed up right mm-hmm. but you out you could have been in a situation where you went to guelph been fifty thousand dollars in debt came out of school went looked for a job in your field mm-hmm. and you don't have a house to leverage that's that's a good point yeah a lot of people <laughs> you know what uh, I'm saying? a lot of people would look at it like that maybe i'm just hard on myself when yeah. it comes to that type of stuff but you know um that's a good that's a good way of looking at it so i'm not going to sit there and deny that um, I just think like there was the opportunity, as you can see back then, though, was still easier back now. then than it is now. Yeah. Um, and back then, I'll say like it, everyone used to say it was all oh, match risky. What you're doing is risky. Now it's actually become sort of popular, yeah. which is which is sort of unique. So um, from my standpoint, but I get where you're, I get exactly what you're saying. Um, but it was also I guess it was a mistake, but it was also a good learning lesson. I think uh, it's course. taught me, of course, especially at 24, too. Yeah. Yeah. You got in early. I got it really early. Yeah. I got in really early. So I was lucky. Um, I guess it was just by that that book I really read. Rich, Rich Dad, Dad, Poor Dad. Dad. Yeah. Hi. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Hi. Cool. Yeah. So talk to me about the joint venture. Obviously, sometimes doing uh, business with friends can be tricky. It doesn't have to be. How did that conversation come about? It's a good question. Um, I guess we've, we've actually talked about doing joint ventures for a long, long time before it. Um, yeah. It just never really ended up working out perfect. So yeah. now we finally formulated we, we came we came to terms to just actually formulate and do it because now mm-hmm. we've seen the market was actually running up. So the big thing actually was is we, we formed it. Um, we actually formed we formed the joint venture partnership in the middle of the pandemic. Okay. Actually, the pandemic was a golden age. To, that was another golden opportunity of investing yeah. Yeah. that a lot of people didn't realize because, okay. you know, the interest rates were coming down. So yeah. now it's like you're getting free debt, yeah, free money, basically. You know, you're not paying anything on that debt that you're getting. So we um, we invested in another property during that time and get another pre-con. I like the pre-construction method, especially. Um, That's your strategy, pre-con. I like pre-con. I am going to definitely venture into some new strategies coming up very soon. But okay. pre-con's been all three of my properties before just because it allows you to leverage time. So it's like true, true, you're true. leveraging your time and your money. You're stretching out your payments with everything, plus the the appreciation of the markets going up while you're leveraging that. So for me, I think if anybody's really struggling um, to get into the market, people should look for great pre-construction deals. Okay. I feel like that's the smartest way 
um, to do it. Because I think like I, like I think um, was it the second the second home the, no the third one that I just did. I didn't really even have the money. To yeah, be honest. I'm just honest. Yeah, I yeah. just spent it on the other house, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so now I could I could budget for everything for myself and calculate it out like that, and uh, then get the next one. Makes so sense. to me, that's actually the smartest way for for anybody to get into the market. Yeah, and if you're wanting to sort of play the, the appreciation game with the market, because everything gets stretched out longer, but yeah. you're still putting the same money down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, now it's like it's time, like time, you said. right? So now when you walk into the property, your equity's higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off yeah. the bat. Jeez, yeah. that's crazy. So even going with a joint venture and pre-con, that's even uh, like I would say an e- a little bit of an easier step because now you're going mm-hmm. half of the payments. Half, half the payment. So that's another thing that I recommend to people. Um, a lot of people are are struggling with that. And you can and you can make joint ventures. There's people I know with joint ventures with four people in one group, and that's and wow. to be honest, just you know, drop a little tidbit. That is the real reason why the market is what it is today. Is there's a lot of joint ventures uh, going on in the market. So everything's getting scooped up and that mm-hmm. driving those prices high. Oh yeah, there's a lot of investors, a lot of investors in the market, and yeah. people have grouped up together to to make the market a lot higher than what it is. So a lot of people just wonder why is the market so high? Is these foreign investors and whatsoever? Yeah, there are some foreign investors. There's probably not as much as there were before as before, mm-hmm. but it's actually a lot of local people who've mm-hmm. grouped up in these investment groups. And you, you know, you buy one property, it's, it's then, easy then, to get two, snowball. three, four, five. Yeah, yeah, you take yeah. equity from one and you just keep buying it. You keep buying it. But if you're not in the market, you're not experiencing that at all. True. So mm-hmm. would you say, would you, would you give everyone advice like, hey, like look for a joint venture uh, partner right now? I would say if there's someone you can really trust and work out things with, I would say we would join. How does the trust partner. factor work? Like, is are you guys both on? Like, how does that work? Like for us, we're both still on title. We're both on everything. Um, but you know, I have a deep trust with this person, so I, I know he, you know, he's yeah, not going to mess me up like that. Because um, it can it can go bad too, yeah. right? And if like if you have any trust issues, I would say to write like write everything out in paper contractually okay. and everything yeah. like that and also create an llc if you yeah. create an llc you're not you're not as obligated as you know if you just put your name on it yeah. per se um, but those are the things i'd recommend if you're going to do a joint venture partnership with somebody or hell even try to convince your parents if yeah, you can, yeah yeah to do yeah. a joint venture partnership if, if if they're noticing what goes on in the market too they might they might they might oblige and say oh no that's actually a good idea this you know my my son or my daughter they're serious we could do a joint venture partnership and make some money. Yeah. Um, Cause any, any, any of our parents that own homes have made a lot of money through the yeah, homes 100%, as well. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. What's your next move with um, real estate? My next move with real estate. Um, I have two big things that I, I really want to get done as soon as possible is to invest into the USA. Okay. And I say the next thing is to, um, how do you do that? What's the, what's the process? It's a long process. So yeah. it's not, I'm not going to say it's a long process, but it is a process I have to uh, go over everything with. So the big thing is the, the 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 accounting and the taxing. So the tax process is a little bit different. So you sort of have to sit with an international accountant and know, uh, you know how you're going to get taxes. You might, you're going to get taxed actually from both ways, which is, <laughs> which is US and Canada at the same point. Um, so that's, that's probably the most important step. And then the other challenge is the financing because because you are a Canadian citizen, there's very limited options for finding financing. Mm-hmm. But what I found with the financing is, okay, for a US property, you have to put 30% down as a Canadian citizen, but 
even with that, it's still significantly cheaper yeah. than what you would pay over here anyway, even with the currency difference and everything. Yeah. So I just think the value is a lot better um, over there. And the next thing, uh, like I said, the next thing is then uh, over here also as well is to get into multi-unit. I was just going to ask uh, Multi-unit properties. Um, I've never, never exactly gotten into one exactly of yet, but I think I'm trying to get into one pretty soon um, just because the cash flow is a lot better. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to real estate, you have cash flow and you have appreciation. Mm -hmm. It's hard That's to more, it's, it's, it's hard to fail like that. No, so well, actually, what I'm saying is you have cash flow and appreciation. It's very hard to actually make both. So you have to you have to say which one do you want to go saying. through. And what I'm just looking at the market is very very inflated right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like eventually we're going to have to go back into the, the cash flow methodology of okay. real estate okay. instead of this fast growing, you yeah, know, you no, get a property right and you're now. making half a million off one property. I don't think that's going to be sustainable. Okay, cool, mm -hmm. cool, cool. <laughs> so let's get into some stocks. Stocks, yes. You've been trade. First of all, what's your style of trading? Yeah, so I've tried many things in the stock market. The stock, the stock market for me has been the, the most emotionally toughest game <laughs> what is it, it is. i've uh, i've i've been in for sure see real yeah. estate's if, if you don't like volatility real estate's so much simpler yeah in fact sometimes i wonder if i should just put it all in real estate but yeah. there are benefits um in stock so i've I tried everything from day trading to swing trading and to long-term investing yeah. um so i would say with stocks i guess you have to find out what you what you really like um what your style what your risk tolerance is with stocks when you say um what you really like are you talking about in terms of how your emotions are set up how your emotions are set up because it's really all based on your emotions explain um, that <laughs> uh okay so some people can handle different different stuff than other people in the stock market right yeah. so there's some day traders they could day trade and be down 50 grand on the day trade they're gonna go about their days like nothing right. happened <laughs> <laughs> right like you know what i mean and then some people like they're gonna be in panic so you have to almost say okay like what can i actually emotionally uh work with so if when something goes bad, you're not you're not in a state you're of not panic. Sweating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've tried I've tried I've tried them all. I've tried day trading. I've tried swing trading. Swing um, trading's the short like in, within like a, a week or something like that. Or four week days? to month, week okay. to month. So it's about a week to month time frame. Um, and actually, I'll be honest. Now my style is sort of uh, now my style is sort of mixed currently at this moment between long term investing mm -hmm. and um, options. And with the yes. options, I do a a, a strategy called cover calls and cash secured puts and what's that yeah, explain those explain <laughs> so those. so cover calls is basically when you own 100 shares of a company yeah but you, now you could trade um you you could sell options against that stock you own so that's betting against the sort of yeah you're sort of betting against it but you're actually receiving a premium every single week okay. for that so that's what i've sort of found is the best thing because it's it's a mix of long-term investing and it's a mix of uh, being able to receive premiums every week. And that's what you sort of want from the stock market okay. is to receive cash flow every week. So that's currently right, right now sort of what I'm doing um, to create, generate consistent income from the stock market. Okay, cool, mm -hmm. cool, cool. See, I met a mm -hmm. guy um, in May randomly at the park. Mm -hmm. Just random guy. I was talking to his wife and then we started talking. And then he gave me so much information about stocks and I've been winning ever since. Like just random guy. Mm -hmm. And but he does long term stocks and it, mm -hmm. it hits. What do you think about the long term game? So that's that's what that's what the that's what the options sort of are. It's a mix of like a long term strategy and a short term strategy. But he is right. Long term, I've I've sort of found long term is better mm -hmm. um just because with short term 
you don't know what's going to really happen in the short term and the horizon. Like, pandemic wars. Yeah, pandemic wars. Like right now, you know, like let's say if you're in the market right now, you know, I, I'm like I'm like 20 percent down drawdown in, in some stocks, which I, like, I'm, I'm in a really big position on one stock and it's 20 yeah. percent drawdown. Yeah, but because nice. I know it's a long term position, I'm not panicking. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So these are the type of things um, that is better to be a long term investor versus like if you're a short term investor and you're just looking on the short term horizon, mm-hmm. you can get like screwed up, man. If, yeah. you're, <laughs> if you're trying to do these things because you never know what's on the horizon. That's the, that's the problem with the stock market or any any in any um, any market, if you really think about it. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So where did this information or where did this knowledge come from? Because you dropped think, out of school. Uh, I think, I think. well, you know, in all honesty, I think, I don't know where it really came from. I think I've always really just been a curious learner. I've always like learning. Google, YouTube. YouTube University. Books. YouTube University yeah. is the, is yeah, the by yeah. far. <laughs> I call it YouTube University because it taught me better than any school ever has, to yeah. be 100% honest with you. Yeah. YouTube University, um, by far, you can learn anything off of YouTube. You know, maybe you have to still do more research after, but it can give you a great base knowledge with all these things. Like the option strategy, I never knew about that. Yeah. Like for well, until four months ago, and I was yeah. shocked. I actually thought it was too good to be true. Yeah. I was like, man, I've been doing this the hard way the whole time. I could have just been buying and holding like Warren Buffett. Yeah. And he's the one person who actually did use this strategy to accumulate over, accumulate his wealth. I could have been buying and holding and making a premium at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm here trying to trade stocks and do this yeah, type of stuff and, and all stressed, and out, stressed out. And yeah, yeah. And I, you know, sometimes I remember one time actually was, a, it was funny because I made, I made good money that day. Yeah. I made good money doing a day trade, What's but good it, money? it was about three, three grand okay, in the day. Yeah, I made, I made, in the day. Yeah, the day. I made yeah. about three grand in the day on a day trade, but it was so stressful. I don't even know <laughs> if I lost money because I was just, I was glued onto the screen, just yeah, yeah. watching, watching, you know, the ticks go up and down and yeah, everything. Yeah, like, yeah, it was like yeah. eight hours straight. Remember, yeah. I was in a Starbucks sweating bullets <laughs> yeah. trying to just look at it as getting the three grand and I, and I got it and I, I felt horrible, yeah. which was odd. I know you, you think you win, you'd feel great. But I think I was just so glued onto that screen yeah. like the whole day and it was just tiring because you're mentally drained. working. Yeah, yeah. working mentally drained. Um, so I tried that. I've tried that. So I, I've tried, like I said, I, I've tried a lot though, but it's definitely been out of all of them, it's been the mentally most <laughs> toughest game out of them all because yeah. you got to sort of figure out um, what's good? Because there's so many different things you could do in the stock market. You could short a stock. You could you do options in stock. You can go long, day trade, swing. So it's a very uh, it's a very interesting market to be honest and honest with you. What's your biggest loss hmm. in the stock market? Like unrealized or realized? <laughs> what's the difference? Unrealized until well, you sell, you never actually lose. Oh yeah, money. exactly. So so unrealized unrealized loss. I'd say. I would say right, well, right now, I guess, well, you could probably say right now, um, the last few months I was down 25 grand in America. How do you feel about that right now? It sucked to you. Know, I was like, <laughs> you guys get deported. Like it, it, it's definitely, it's definitely it's gone back up. To, yeah, it's not a real loss. It's not, it's not a realized loss. Yeah. Um, that was probably the, that was probably like the biggest, oh wow, the biggest one, but yeah. I did go in quite heavy on that company. Yeah. So, but it's a long-term play. So I'm not even really, uh, I'm not even really nervous about it. Um, the biggest, I think quick loss I had, I lost two grand in a minute one time though. <laughs> off a day trade, so I would Two never grand in a, in a minute. In a minute, yeah, in a minute, yeah, yeah. That's that's day trading, and, and and the best one, the, the best day trading, um, come up is three grand in a day. Three grand in a day, yeah, okay. yeah. But 
Uh, the thing with trading is tricky, right? Like I said, it's, it's, it's emotion. It's so emotional. It's mm-hmm. so emotional. Because I was watching one <laughs> uh, podcast and literally they don't even really pay attention to like the news and whatever. They're just really, they have their own principles and strategies and mm-hmm. it's strictly off emotion. Mm-hmm. It, it really is strictly off emotion. And if you can really master your emotion and detach your emotion from money, mm-hmm. you can get so far from it. Now I haven't mastered that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to sit there and lie like I have. I've not mastered that. But if you can, I think the stock market's a great place for you. But I think that that's really the training with the stock market. You'll understand the charting pretty easily. You'll even understand the cycles of the stock market pretty mm-hmm. easily. The hard part about the stock market is mastering yourself Ooh. and money. Because it depends how you yeah, it depends how your relationship is with money. Like I knew a guy at work, if he probably seen he was down like five hundred dollars, he could lose it. Right mm-hmm. now, I could look at my I could look at my portfolio right now, and it might be negative thirteen grand on the stock, and I'm not really. We're not sweating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just because that's how it is, right? Mm. Can I say something? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Do you feel that um, people that get a lot more emotionally triggered from losses is because of the fact that they may have overinvested, like more than what they can handle? Do you ever feel like there's like a window in terms of how much you should be able to put into the market in regards to how much you actually have like liquid. in your possession? I think that's that's a good question as well. Um I, I, I think um I think you always now in the stock market, I think until you get to like a, a really high number, um, I would say even probably seven figures in all honesty in the stock market, I, I think you should always have a, another another income sources. Cause if you just yeah, have one sure. income sources off the stock market yeah, and that's yeah, how you're gonna yeah, really just stressful. eat purely, yeah, that's a different type of stress I think you always have to live under. Um, so I think in that way, if you're over-invested where you have nothing else and that you just put all your money into this thing and you're seeing this thing go down 20, 30%, yeah. I think it's gonna, I think you're gonna really feel it more than let's say, uh, if you have things diversified or if you have other sources of income True. to be hundred percent honest with you. True. Mm-hmm. Well, talking about, um, other sources of income, most people know you by your photography and videography skills. Yeah. 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 Where does that come to play in all this? Where does it start? That started, um, so that started, okay, actually, that's a really interesting question. So when I went, uh, I, I was going, I like to travel a lot. Yeah. Um, my, my goal is to actually go to about 50 to 75 countries before I die. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a big goal of mine. Uh, I think at least, I haven't even counted, but I think yeah. at least between 12 to 15. Okay, I would get right now. All right. Um, so anyway, so I was like, I was, I, I, I booked a vacation to Dubai. Um, and I was like, I can't go to Dubai and not get a camera. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, that was yeah. where that came from. So I got a camera, and the next thing you know, I just sort of fell in love with photography. Yeah. Um, YouTube so I, University? YouTube University. YouTube <laughs> University. I, I didn't even, I never knew how to shoot manual. I never knew how to shoot with any lights. Yeah. I never uh, knew how to shoot with any of that type of stuff. I never did shoot video. Yeah. That's all been through YouTube and tutorials. And I, I've been through a couple of workshops mm-hmm. um, that, that were good for my learning. But that's pretty much mostly self taught for the most part. Okay, dope. And mm-hmm. how many years? have you been in the photography game now i think it's about four and a half now okay four mm-hmm. and a half still relatively like fresh or new and stuff right? pretty pretty new yeah pretty new in the game where are you at it with uh where are you at with it now um in regards to just like do you still want to continue do you want to push more like what are your goal future goals with it i think um i think it's been a very interesting journey 
Uh, it's definitely very interesting having um, uh, a lot of clients and different things like that. I would love to be able to more scale it though um, into like a company mm-hmm. um, instead of being like a. Self- I see you doing the weddings and, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so the weddings, I'd love to be able to scale into a full fledged company. Yeah, and more and more be able to get out of the shooting and look at it from like a CEO Bird's type line. of position yeah, 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 yeah. and a position like that. That's where I really want to go from it on that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Another standpoint I would actually like to to be is I'd actually like to be the visual artist in the regards to. <laughs> <laughs> selling like personal art on you know like physical art or maybe now even new uh, which is new is new nfts now I, i'm not really too familiar with the nft space to just jump into it mm-hmm. but it's been something i've sort of been keeping my eye on and something i sort of would like to possibly explore in the future because i just think that would be the best part of photography is actually creating art mm-hmm. that how you specifically want yeah, to yeah, yeah yeah and 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 actually selling it because as you know when you shoot with clients they want things very specific yeah and that actually sort of skews some of the fun away from from photography a little bit most when you have to make it most of the fun from <laughs> yeah. the photography when you have to be able to make make it like how they how, how the client wants to yeah. right yeah um so i think creative vision and creative control is sort of what keeps that passion going alive so eventually like i said I, i'd love to get into that space selling some type of digital digital art on some walls or physical art or no physical art on some walls or just digital art okay um in the future i'm, I'm sort of hoping to jump into that space okay dope mm-hmm. so earlier you mentioned you mentioned um the the goat of books rich dad poor dad rich dad poor dad yeah what other books uh, have you uh would you recommend 10x by grant cardone oh, that, 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 that guy he's yeah, my yeah. dog have you seen um uh, <laughs> What is it called? The bill? What's the billionaire show? It's an undercover billionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched oh that show. my yeah, yeah. goodness! Yeah, yeah. Watch his version. Oh yeah, yeah, I love Grant Cardone. Yo. Grant Cardone. I like Grant Cardone. Um, he says a lot of. Uh, you, you take a lot of good advice from Grant Cardone. Hell yeah. From real estate, just to the the mindset. Um, yeah. his mindset's. His mindset is like impeccable. He's like a Russell Westbrook of life. If, yeah, you, really, yeah, if, you, if you really take you your basketball fan, yeah, <laughs> your basketball fan, you know what I mean? But he's like the Russell Westbrook of life yeah. when it comes to just life and real estate wise, I've taken a lot of things from him as well mm-hmm. in regards to how he scaled. He scaled up his real estate from 3000 to 3 billion at this particular, <laughs> at this particular point. And he started with nothing. He started with nothing. And, and now this is going to sound controversial. A lot of people might be like, well, what the hell does this guy talk about? Does it yeah. make sense? But this is, I believe this too. I believe you should, I, I believe you should, um, I believe you should own something and rent it out and rent yourself. A lot of people don't believe in that's that. That's what I was going <laughs> to, okay, so. But I believe in that too. Let's actually, that's a great um, saying because I know that the place that you're living at now, mm. you rent. Yep. Explain mm. the thought process behind that. Okay. Well, there's two different thought processes, right? So if I look at real estate just as a business, investing as a business. So I want to be able to scale my business up as quick as possible. Okay. Right. So if I have my primary home and I'm living in there, not say I've known people who do it, like they're, they're able to scale out. Yeah. But I think it's a little bit more challenging to scale out because when you're scaling out, if I'm taking out equity, I'm now adding debt, right? Oh, okay. I'm adding debt. So, I mean, you could, you're still doing the same thing through if you're renting a property, but renting is actually cheaper than owning. If people don't understand mortgage on top of that, you have the mortgage, you have all, you have all the property taxes, you have everything. Now people are going to say, well, you're still, if, if, if you're still renting and you own a property, aren't you paying that? Yes and no. So when, when things like property taxes, mortgage interest and everything, if you have that separated in an LLC and you have that separated in a business entity, a lot of that is a tax write off. Mm -hmm. And then you could also go back into your name and your rent is a tax write off. 
So these are totally two separated type of things that a lot of people don't understand so, why you'd want to do that. There is no tax write-off if I'm just a primary owner of my home. Everything I'm paying. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> you're are you mm. saying help me um grasp this? Are you saying that the place that you rent is technically part of your business? So yeah. you you mm. write that off. You write something. That's off. a write-off, yeah. <laughs> That's a write-off for me. <laughs> that's a write-off for me. And then you, the property, you have that in a totally separate entity. Yeah. And that stuff is a write-off too. So the big thing is taxes, really, when it comes to these type of things. And and being able to scale. Because if I just have one property, you know, one is next to none. I don't really want just one of anything, if you really think about it. Because you, you're always just next to zero. Yeah. But with property, it's a thing you could scale up and scale aggressively. So really... Most real estate investors that I know, like the heavy handed ones, yeah. which I've met about four, mm-hmm. you know, in my life, I think maybe one or two of them really live in their primary property. And if they do, that's not even their focus. Their focus is just accumulating and accumulating more. Yeah. But I do believe a lot of people should really worry about building up their equity and their net worth to where it's a lot higher. And to make that higher mm-hmm. is to be able to accumulate more properties at once than just have one. Okay, mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's, you mentioned taxes. Um, can you tell me a couple ways that uh, taxes have worked for you? Well, it, taxes just work well when you're when you're able to write off things in your in your benefit. Now, with real estate, it's probably one of the best. What type of things are you writing off right now? With taxes, I, I, I don't know if I can. I don't know, <laughs> Uncle, I don't know, I don't know Uncle Sam is going to say all that. <laughs> okay, like, you know, you know, that alone. You know what I mean? But there's 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 certain write offs you could write off with the property. You know, with paint or furniture or anything, yeah. you could say that's for a tenant. You know, I'm not saying I do that, but I'm just I'm just saying yeah, that yeah, that's yeah, something yeah, you yeah. you can do. Um, and then obviously, if you're renting a place, you you could say you know that's another that's a separate write off as well. So you could do those things. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the two other properties that you have right now, are they being rented out or? So one's uh, almost in completion. So that one's actually not even finished yet. Oh, still. Um, and then, yeah, the, the other ones are rented out. Okay, dope, mm-hmm. dope, dope. So where does the nine to five, where does the importance of the nine to five come in all of this? Because during this whole journey, you've <laughs> had your crazy, nine yeah. to five. Um, the nine of that, and that was, and to be hundred percent honest, that was hard to juggle all yeah. those things. Cause I, I, I think there was times You're doing was a lot. working probably 70 hours a week. Doing least. all this, <laughs> doing all this, like, you know, between like, you know, you're, you're trying to manage stocks, real estate, photography, all yeah. that once and you have to manage a job. Sometimes yeah. it was just like, go, go, go. Um, but, um, the nine to five was really, the, you know what? I'll be honest. The nine to five is great for real estate. That's okay. really what it was there for. The nine to five. Paperwork and stuff paperwork, like that? Paperwork, yeah. It's just a lot easier to get a mortgage. Not saying it's impossible to get a mortgage if you just are, are self-employed or a business. It's a lot easier to get a mortgage though when you just have a job. Yeah. Right? So, and then it was also good. It was also good just to fund some of these things like photography. Yeah. And help out with the stock market. You know, like yeah, I said, there's yeah. a drawdown in the stock market. You know, you um, have you know, that you consistent you know, cash you know, flow coming consistent cash flow coming in from the job. So Jeez. it's sort of like a wealth. It's sort of like you have to create like a wealth triangle for yourself. Yeah. Explain that. Well, explain like or dumb it down the wealth triangle. Well, I feel like you have well, it's like a triangle sort of like <laughs> this. Right. So you have to have three different points, three yeah. different points of attack. So my top point would be real estate. Yeah. Second point, you could probably say now is business. Third, second point is stocks, but they're all intertwined together yeah. and they're all they're all there to do one thing is to accumulate more wealth. Yeah. But I think when you have those like three, four different things under your belt and you do good at them, it's very good to be able to add to your wealth in that way. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you're doing it all. Literally, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it all, but I'm doing I'm doing a few things. I wouldn't say it all. You're doing it all. So, OK, so. Whew. Where does someone start first? Do you now that you're at this point in your journey, do they start with the real estate, do they start with the stocks, or does it matter? Depends on obviously their financial situation, or what do you even do? You, uh, like 
even the nine to five, do you think people should, because obviously entrepreneur is sexy right now, right? So do you still believe uh, people should be doing, looking for their nine to fives to fund cer- these uh, certain things? I think, um, I think, I think personally, if I'm just, just looking for straight wealth building, real estate in Canada per se is, oh, is, a, okay. is yeah. uh, I, I, I would, would start there. I guess that's meaning like me being progressive, yeah. uh, or, or no, uh, defensive aggressive. Yeah. Um, I think real estate is defensive aggressive. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, you're, you're, you know, it's, it's hard. I'm not saying anything can't go wrong because when you take any financial risks, something can always go wrong. Yeah. But it's harder for something to go wrong in real estate. So you won't lose necessarily lose money. You okay. know, when you do entrepreneurship, you're you're probably going to lose money when you start out mm-hmm. stocks. You're going to lose money. That is your teacher. That's like your tuition going to stocks, losing yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these type of things, I say you're, you're going to lose money first with real estate. You're not really going to lose money as long as you don't do anything too insane or have like a nightmare tenant or mm-hmm. something or just just do like a, a stupid situation. Because in fact, if I really look at it, I had the biggest losses that I had, just like when you asked me before, real estate initially was the, the biggest one. Yeah. But it, it still recovered and yeah. made it all back yeah. <laughs> way yeah. more. So I would say real estate, uh, I would personally start with, try to get one property under your belt at least. Okay. And then, you know, build up some equity. And then when you want to take the chances with other stuff, I would actually go there. But everybody has different personalities. So I've known, I've known people who have, you know, just started a business and the business went from zero to a million in, in, in under a year. Jeez. So I guess it's also it's also it's also just depending on how your personality sort of is and, and what works best for you. But for me, I always like being defensive, aggressive, Okay. like at the top. And then the other ones are, you know, base it down. OK, I could be a bit more aggressive now and building up this business and I could be aggressive with stocks. Doing, OK, if I have a drawdown, it's not the end of the world because yeah. at the top is real estate. Okay, dope, mm-hmm. dope. So, what are some immediate uh, future plans? Mm, in regards to everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of plans. Um, I would say with real estate, just just try to uh, try to add more. You know, my yeah. my goal my goal is to like I said get at least one American property, hopefully this sure. year. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully try to get another property yeah. um, in a smaller city. And actually, that's another piece of advice I could offer is, you know, a lot of people are looking into these main cities right now, like yeah. the Mississaugas or whatever. Is that done? I wouldn't say it's done, but, you know, when when things have gained so much, it's harder for them to gain so much more. more. So okay. I wouldn't really be if you're going to look for a property in these big cities, I, I, I like it can't happen. I guess our market's crazy anyway, but I wouldn't expect astronomical gains over the next decade. Yeah. But I think a lot of people should look is look into these smaller cities, look into the look into the Sudbury's, look into the Calgary's, mm-hmm. um, look into these smaller cities that a lot of people are, aren't even really thinking about they're sleeping on right now. Yeah. A lot of people are sleeping on, but they're very affordable for you. You can still get a house for 200 grand in Sudbury. Yeah. That wow. should be a hopefully that's a good tidbit people look for right now. Yeah. So people are like, oh, man, these houses are a million dollars. No, go to Sudbury. I get, you don't have to live there. Yeah. But why not rent it out? You get some equity. Eventually, if, if you don't, if you want to even move into it as a primary property, you sell that, yeah. you got equity and you got somewhere else new. But there's still very a lot of possibilities out there in the real estate market. Um, but I would say um, look to add more real estate um, for sure. Hopefully a couple more properties. OK. U.S., maybe one Canadian. Um, I guess photography, just keep growing as an artist. Hopefully, hopefully get into the digital art game. Cool. And stocks is it's uh, just just keep learning and keep uh, yeah. keep, keep checking those emotions. On. Keep checking those emotions. <laughs> I guess develop emotional intelligence. Yeah. So I guess those would be the three goals in the three different areas. I would say for sure. Big question for me. Mm-hmm. 
when are you going to start teaching? I don't know. I don't know. You need to start teaching. What am I going to start teaching? I know. I courses, know. Courses, really... master courses. I know. You I need know. To start teaching. I know. Literally, you, because I, for, for me, I look for teachers that have done what they're teaching. Mm. You're doing, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I should. Maybe that's something no, I'm under. No, no, I should. No, no. <laughs> By the time you're on this podcast again for uh-huh. part two, uh-huh. I want a course. You want a full fledged course? I want a full fledged course. Uh-huh. Well, you know, to me, like, I didn't want to. I, I think I'm doing like well in real estate and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my footing in stocks for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say before I, I definitely teach anything, I, I would definitely like for me, for real estate, I, I would want I would want to have no less than five properties before I teach anybody anything. Okay. I know that's, that's maybe a mental thing I'm putting up. But hey, I, I don't yeah. have one. Nah, I know. I know. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. But I'm just saying, like, I would like to have that because I think like you should almost be a master at your game. You games. are. I wouldn't, I don't know, I wouldn't, I'm not a master. I know to people. Me? No, 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 I'm not a, I know a guy who, I knew a guy who's, who's three years younger and he, like, he, he, he bought, he bought and flipped about 20 to 30. Okay, nice. Yeah, that, that to me, that guy, that's, that's a goal. guy, that's, your goal. that's a guy who should be able to teach. For me, for me, I could give out great tips. Yeah. I feel, but I wouldn't feel like I'm a teacher as of yet. Could we but start do, with the tips on? on tips, yeah. Okay, like, I, I can, I can lend out tips, but I wouldn't say I'm a full fledged teacher okay. or anything like that. But I could definitely, I, I would say, Hopefully, if I could keep attaining more real estate and stuff like that, eventually I would teach. And who knows? Um, I, I think like, you know, this is something that, you know, maybe I, I'm hopefully I can speak into existence. Being ha- able to help the black community as a as a corporate entity okay. invest into real estate. That oh, actually be big. a big thing. That's huge. Because there's a lot of corporate entities that are investing into real estate heavy. Yeah. And I don't think there's a lot of uh black owned representative um corporate owned entities a lot of times mm-hmm. we're just trying to do stuff as individuals and you okay. really cannot go that far as individuals okay. but if you can do it as a corporate entity sky's the limit you know That's what i mean why you need to start teaching from now start teaching from now no. start teaching because remember like uh-huh. okay the course one thing okay but at the end of the day i feel like communication is the highest form of getting paid that's a good point. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like, let's, okay, let's back it up. Like, let's say you did do a course. One, it's evergreen. You you make it once and you mm-hmm. sell it forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like sky's the limit with your gains and money. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If you know it, you sell it. That's a good point. That's a good point. You know? Something to think of. Right? Something to think of. Something to <laughs> you think have of. it, bro. You're convincing me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something, to, something to think of. Something to think of. All right, cool. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to end it off. I ended off the same way every single interview I ask. Okay. I ask every guest, what is the best advice that you've gotten and what's the worst advice you've gotten? And you, gotta, you don't have to name any names, of course. Best advice that I've gotten actually maybe before I even started in one, uh, the first property. I bet this actually is funny. Another, at the time, this is rare. Another black gentleman, um, he was an investor. Um, actually, at Meadowville Town Center. It's totally random. And I don't know how we got talking about these future plans that I sort of wanted to do. Um, but he, he then said, Hey, you know, if you, if you really want to make it in life, you can't, you can't think inside the box. You have to always think outside the box because whoever thinks inside the box, they get trapped there. Ooh. I've always, I've always remembered that. <laughs> he told me that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a bomb. So that was, that was, um, that was about nine years ago. I never forgot that. I wish I could meet that guy and yeah. see where he's at now, but he was the first, especially black guy I really ever seen with the multiple properties and things like that. So that was yeah. an inspiration. Um, and I'd say worst piece of advice. Uh, I, I, I can't really, uh, sit there and, and pinpoint, mm-hmm. but when people try to say, don't like when people try to steer you away from taking risk, mm-hmm. you should always take risk mm-hmm. without risk. You won't learn anything actually in this. Nothing. Risk. Yeah. So you have to take risk. Mm-hmm. 
So anybody who's um, discouraged you from taking a risk, don't listen to them. Okay. Now, of course, there's smart ways to take risks, and mm-hmm. I, I do agree with that. Don't don't like so don't just join the stock stupid. market and yeah, say I'm yeah. gonna put all my money in here. Maybe because you don't know everything, <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah. But you should always take a risk because you won't learn anything without taking risks. I've learned so much about myself. Yeah. And even people around me by taking risks. Who's really there for you? Who's not there for you? Mm. You learn what can I handle? How could I push myself further? All these type of things. Because I would say pretty much almost everything was a risk. When, you know, from the real estate at the time, I didn't know if it was going to work. Stocks is for sure. (laughs) Stocks and then film photography. Yeah. You know, you just picked up the camera, said, picked up the camera and let's go. I didn't, I I still don't know where it's going to take me (laughs) to this day. So um, I I would say anybody who's disencouraged you from just taking a risk, um, don't listen to them. Just make sure you try to plan out your risk taking as smart as possible. Ah, brilliant, Mm -hmm. bro. Well, thank you for being on the show. It's Mm -hmm. been dope. But can you let people know where they can find you? Um, just find me on Instagram, the visual artist. Also find me on TikTok, yeah. uh, the visual artist as well. And those are the two t- platforms you can find me. Okay, on. let's get it. Thank you for being. Oh, wait, before we end this off, is there anything that you want to say that I missed out on? No, no, I don't think there's anything. I think we touched yeah. everything. It was, I think we touched- <laughs> it was a packed interview. It was a packed interview. Packed interview. I, hope, I hope it was. I hope uh, it was, man. Right, let's get it. Episode right. six, Black is the New Rich. Choo, choo.